We are back at it. Welcome back to another edition of the Pistols Firing Podcast. I'm Carson Cunningham, joined by Kyle Porter. Kyle was at the Players in Florida a few weeks ago. The Byron Nelson was in his backyard. Kyle, were you at the Byron this weekend? I was. I followed Jason Day, your boy, Jason Day. And uh, how did he miss that putt? And Billy Hor- Yeah, it wasn't good. And Billy Horschel uh, on Sunday. It was, it was fun. It was the last... Last time Byron Nelson's going to be at TPC Four Seasons. Um, they're moving to Trinity Forest next year, which is a kind of a, a a course that looks like it was just taken out of Scotland and dropped into South Dallas, which is crazy. Oh, yeah. So it's like a links course. Uh, it's linksy. There's no trees. Um, it's sort of like there's there's a little Chambers Bay ishness to it. Um, pretty pretty sandy, pretty wide open. I've never been to the Byron. I've been to the Colonial, and the Colonial is a lot of fun. They do the caddy races and all that stuff. So yeah, uh, Colonial is sure more fun than than Byron Nelson, I think. Byron more buttoned up? Uh, no, not really. It's just I've never loved that venue. Um, it's it's too spread out. It's it's just it's difficult to get around. Colonial is a classic course too. It's, it's just easier to get around. It's a shorter course. Everything's right there. Uh, I just, as a golf experience, I just like that better. Yeah, I, that's understandable. And it is kind of golf season, obviously here coming in the summer. So you and I, we were talking about a little bit before we started recording, you and I are going to possibly be playing in the Mike Gundy media event at Karsten Creek. So I've been playing golf. I've played like four or five times in the last couple weeks. My game is rounding into form. Uh, are you and you and I going to be ready to tackle Karsten this summer? I've been getting ready for Karsten by playing Augusta. So <laughs> <laughs> I would say that's a fair uh, practice round to, to go through to get you ready for uh, <laughs> the rattlesnakes that are hiding on you in, in the rough at Karsten. Are there really rattlesnakes out there? That's what I've heard. There's even oh. signs for them. So maybe that's how Gundy polished his rattlesnake hunting skills was just by going playing golf out there. Because I, I specifically remember, I think the first time I played in the Gundy deal years ago, I was warned, do not go in the rough because there's snakes. And then I saw the sign saying rattlesnakes, caution or whatever. And I was playing with a, a local car dealer and he didn't care. He wanted to go find his ball and he comes back. He walks out into it. I'm like, I'm never going to see this guy again. He's going to get bit. It's going to be the end of our round. He comes back with like two handfuls of pro V one golf balls. Oh my after. gosh. So he like, he was happy, but I was like, dude, that ain't worth it. Like I, ain't, I you, you, good luck. I'm not going in there. I'm so. never going to see this guy again. Speaking yeah. of, speaking of rattlesnakes uh, and speaking of golf, there was a golf event in Stillwater on Monday, uh, coaches versus cancer thing, which uh, raised, I believe close to a hundred thousand dollars. It was at Stillwater country club. And the fearless leader, head coach of the Oklahoma State football team, Mike Gundy, showed up. And we've got a lot to talk about, Carson. I've been mentally preparing for our conversation about this. I think I'm, I think I'm prepared to tackle it. First of, uh, all, you, first of all, he wore jeans to play in. I don't know if he played all 18, but he tucked in a uh, pullover into jeans and played golf in it. Which is uh, not uh, kosher on a golf course at a, at a country club, but Gun- Mike Gundy doesn't care. He's like, I'll I'll play I'll play eighteen in jeans. I'll go I'll go thirty six with Billy Majima wearing. See, my, you know, I I I question whether he played golf in jeans because most of the time at his 
his media event, he just kind of hanging out. He doesn't really play. Mm-hmm. So I think he was just kind of there to be seen. And he's like, you know what? I'm Mike Gundy. I'm wearing my tucked in shirt and my jeans and that's who I am. And that's what I'm going to do. He, he, he wears the, uh, I love it. He wears the tiger, the tiger woods jeans, the, uh, <laughs> kind of washed faded baggy, like probably got them at like gap or something, but like gap in like 1998. Oh, they're total dad jeans. And he just still, he just still rocks them. It's well, the best. He, he recently also posted, with a recruit where he had the polo tucked into the pleat, the pleats that were about the same fit as the, the loose baggy jeans. They were kind of like not quite MC hammerish, but a little, <laughs> a little baggy in the pleats. So Gundy ain't changing, man. He's, he's comfortable in his own skin. Uh, yeah. It, the, the jeans wasn't a great look, but Hey, he's my Gundy. He can pull it off. So, and then and obviously we got to talk about the haircut, the hair, it, it, so uh, I believe it was uh, was it Mike Harris that posted the the photo, the the behind the the lawn chair shot. Yeah, yeah. Behind view, it was it was thrilling because this started as kind of just a fun kind of. It started out very subtle. Like I remember spring football, you tweeted the picture. You're like you're like that's that's a mullet, I think. Then it's evolved into a full blown actual mullet that we saw unfurl itself during the football season. <laughs> now it is like 1980s rocker pro wrestler length down to the shoulders. It's all, I think his hair is longer than my mother's <laughs> in the back. And it is, it is startling. Like it is, it's completely taken on a life of its own. And I, I was gassed when I saw the picture. Uh, I saw somebody recently said that they had mullet fatigue. Uh, do you think there's a, do you think there is a, is there a chance that the mullet's getting too much spotlight, uh, kind of Tim Tebow style and people are just going to get tired of it? Or, or do you think this is, do you think we're still in the enjoyment stage? See, I, I think it's gone the other way. You know, I, I got like a push notification uh, <laughs> from, from like bleacher report app that says Mike Gundy's mullet is even more glorious than ever. I mean, his hair now is taking its rightful place alongside Billy Ray Cyrus, Yaramir Yager, amongst the great mullets of, of all time. John Cruck. I mean, l- let me know if I'm forgetting any famous uh, mullets of, of yesteryear. But it's it's right alongside those great ones. And I'm with you. I don't think he can cut it. I think it's it's to the point where it's it's almost a trademark. You know, his trademark used to be the I'm a man rant. Well, He's known more now for the mullet as we currently speak. Now, obviously, the the rant will be on his, on his tombstone. I mean, that's that's what he'll always be known for. But right now, he he can't be cutting that anytime soon. I, I'm I think it's taken on a whole different level now with the length. I think he should just completely embrace it and show up to Big Twelve Media Days in like shorts, and like a <laughs> like a like a like a t shirt, like maybe a maybe a PFB shirt. When we when we come out with them, see his 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 suit game has always been very strong amongst the the best in the Big Twelve. Yeah, I don't know if he'll give that up. I think he likes to I think he likes to suit, but oh. he also I, I I wouldn't put it past him to show up in a camo visor and mm. Carhartt cargo shorts, you know, <laughs> with just an OSU like football equipment established 1989 or whatever on it. He should, he should go full, yeah, 1989. He should go full, uh, 
Belichick and like just get a hoodie and like cut the neck out, but not <laughs> yeah. but not wear a t shirt underneath. Just go, just go with the hoodie, just in shorts and like. Well, and and again, he debuted this at Media Days last year, and it was very. It was still kind of in the subtle phase. Like we all agreed that it was a mullet. But I remember he kind of like was playing coy about it. And I remember, I'll always remember this when he first walked into the big room, uh, Rick Renner, you know, the guy who hosts like the Fox sports stuff for the big 12 goes and coming up next, Mike Gundy with a mullet. And Gundy kind of looked over at him. was like, that's not a mullet. It's not touching my shoulders. <laughs> and now he doesn't have that excuse. It is definitely touching his shoulders. <laughs> Oh, it is. uh, Yeah, it's completely out of control. But it's, you know, it's funny, because we've been doing some more interviews with recruits and and guys that have offers from Oklahoma State guys who are coming to Oklahoma State. And every time I mean, I I ask all of them about it. I haven't done a ton of them. Kyle Boone's been doing a lot. But every time I talk to one of them, I ask them about it. And they always just like it, it, it. Honestly, like, it's kind of an icebreaker, like just because once you mention that they kind of like ease up and they know that you're, I mean, it's, and so like, I guess my point here is if that's the case for me, just in interviewing them, it has to be the case for Gundy in talking to these guys, recruiting them, talking to their parents. It's really like Gundy's the best, I think at taking things not too seriously now, sometimes he does take them too seriously, but he's just so good at everybody takes college football too seriously. Right. And it's it's big business. Like, it's a serious thing. But he does such a good job of playing both sides of enjoy, like having fun with it, but also taking it seriously and doing a good job. Yeah. Like you can tell that in his some of his press conferences when he's real relaxed and, and jovial and joking around. And it has to be an intimidating thing having a big time college football coach, no matter who it is, come into your living room. Mm-hmm. And I think Gundy's. Gundy's, this is a way of showing these, these families and recruits like, look, I don't take myself too seriously. I mean, look, look at my haircut. Like, and (laughs) like I'm having fun. Like this is, this is not that serious. I don't take, I don't like you get the feeling like Nick Saban won't even crack a smile in a, in home visit. You know, he's a super serious guy probably. And Gundy's obviously a little more laid back. And I think recruits like that. Now, whether the mullet is you know, reeling in recruits. I, I don't know, but it, it, it is a way of him showing, look, I don't take myself that serious. I can't wait till Jim Harbaugh grows a mullet and ESPN acts like it's the first mullet that's ever been grown by a college <laughs> football coach. Well, Gundy went on with Barry Melrose. That's another mullet of yesteryear that Gundy's on par with. Now he went on sports center to kind of claim that, that corner. So yeah. I don't, I don't know if Jim can, can claim that. Yeah, totally. Um, you want to do it? Let's do a toast. You want to do our toast right now? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. It's time for the Coop Aleworks Toast of the Week. Coop Aleworks, brewing great-tasting craft beer in Oklahoma City. Try the flagship F5 IPA, the bold DNR Belgian Strong Ale, or the refreshing Horty Toad Blonde. For your next watch party, tailgate, or get-together with friends, enjoy a cold Coop Aleworks. And please remember to drink responsibly. Um, you've got a toast ready to go, I think, don't you? Yeah, um, I think it's always great when we run into uh, listeners of the podcast. And, you know, we, you and I have done this for a while now, and we don't ever know who's listening. We, we, we get the numbers back, but it, rarely do we get to meet face-to-face with people. Well, I was at my local uh, gym today, uh, the CrossFit gym, as, as I like to call it, uh, and a guy named Connor Drake stopped me as I was leaving. He's like, hey, man, I 
big fan. I, I'm student at OSU. I live in Tulsa, so I don't get to see you on TV, but I listen to all the podcasts and I love what you guys do. I love listening to them. I uh, just want to let you know that. So I, if anyone ever sees me out and about, please stop me and tell me because it, it really kind of, you know, these, these are so much fun for you and I to do, but it's even more fun when we hear from people who enjoy them as well and love listening. It'd be more reason to do them. So I want to toast Connor Drake. He, he got, I think that was one of his first uh, forays into the CrossFit world. So I'm going to give him a DNR to resuscitate him a little bit. <laughs> uh, but it was, it was really cool to, that, uh, he passed that along and I appreciate him listening and everyone out there who's listening. So I want to toast, I want to toast the listeners, Kyle. Oh, that's, I like that. That's good. Connor Drake. I, I appreciate that. Um, my first strong, strong name too. Connor yeah. Drake. That's a strong name. Yeah. Big time. Uh, my first foray into the, uh, CrossFit world did not go well. Um, I thought I was, I thought I was going to die. I was really out of shape at the time. And mm -hmm. my buddy who like does comp like legit competitions in CrossFit was like, yeah, just come. You can just do, do whatever you can do. Well, I couldn't do very much. And, uh, it, it was, it was real bad. Uh, yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not one of those people that like competes or like post videos of me lifting weights <laughs> or anything like that, but it's, super challenging. And I thought I was in shape until I started. And then I, it was real humbling real quick. And I, I, I love it. So it was, it was cool to run into him there. I like that. Uh, I'm going to toast cowgirl softball. Um, they almost, they, they made it through the, uh, to, into the regional finals, uh, lost to Florida in, I believe it was the second game. It was the elimination game. They beat them once and then played them again and they got beat. I think it was, was it two Oh or one Oh, the final score? Yeah. Uh, it was like 3-0, I think, 2-0. I, I can't remember. I think there were only like three total hits, though, which is insane. Okay. You, these softball games, you watch them, and they go by, and like, and it's like it's like soccer. It's like 90 minutes done, which yep. is <laughs> awesome. But, um, man, they've turned it around. Uh, Kenny, uh, I, I'm going to screw it. Do you know how to say G his name? Gajewski. Gajewski. There we go. Uh, really interesting story. Played baseball at OU. Um, got into like agronomy for a while, was like this, the baseball director at Tennessee, ended up at Florida as an assistant, then made his way to Oklahoma State, and he has had two really good seasons. So uh, congrats to them. I'm going to toast an F5 IPA because they, uh, they blew through the Big 12 this year and almost made it to, uh, to the uh, Super Regionals to, to get to the College World Series. Yeah, he's, he's doing an amazing job. And, and Gajewski was – college teammates at Oklahoma with uh, Tim Walton, who's the coach at Florida. Yeah. Tim Walton played baseball at OU. He's done an unbelievable job at Florida. And that's what I said. I tweeted when they hired Gajewski, um, like that's a good place to go hire a coach, Florida, because Walton has them absolutely rolling. And he, it appears to me Gajewski's cut from the same cloth as, as, as Walton. He obviously has turned it around and really – Really quick fashion, and yet another good hire by by Mike Holder. You gotta you gotta give Mike Holder credit for going out and making that hire. Yeah, uh, I, I've loved uh, to see them do well. I, more than anything, Kyle, I I, I kind of love what Gajewski's done with their uniforms. Mm. I don't know if that's a that's a uniform review or yeah. not, but let's we can well we can talk about that and and other uniform stuff. Let's get to this week's uniform review. Brought to you by Chris's University Spirit, your one-stop cowboy shop on Campus Corner, and be sure to shop online at Chris universityspirit.com um softball unis what, what's your favorite thing about them well they went full script 
on on the on the jerseys, and they uh, they went cursive cursive cowgirls. You know, we've been dying to see cursive cowboys on the basketball uniforms. They've done their part with the cursive cowgirls. Uh, you know, softball nowadays they're everyone's doing kind of what I prefer the softball uniforms. They wearing they're wearing basically, you know, pants and baseball uniforms. Whereas in the past. Some would wear those, some would wear like shorts, some would wear, they, they, they kind of, there was no like set uniform, but they're, they've gone to the full baseball look and they've also worn the badge on the helmet, which tells me that the badge is still being pushed by all angles from the university. That tells me that that's a, a real thing that you and I have discussed at length before, but more than anything, I think going, going with the, uh, the scripting looks great. Yeah, it does. I, I, uh, one more note on the badge. I noticed that. Oklahoma State just put out a couple of uh, football videos. One of them was like a – it was kind of random. It was like a throwback Thursday to beating Pitt last year or something. I, I don't know. Uh, but they came out with their 2017 slogan, um, which I don't remember now. Um, but <laughs> they – Must have been memorable. Well, I'll look it up. Uh, the ride starts here is what it was. And so the front of the video says the ride starts here and it's got the badge on it. So it's, it's very, I mean, it's becoming clear that the, the badge is replacing the, the OSU, the brand ride for the brand. Yeah. I mean, the brand is still on the badge. So technically right, the, right, right. the brand isn't gone. It's still there. Just it's a little smaller and obviously on the front of the badge. So it's, it's an interesting, uh, Interesting move. You know, change isn't a terrible thing, but uh, I know traditionalists like my father will not like it. <laughs> but uh, I don't I don't hate it. I told you it's kind of grown on me a little bit. I kind of like it more as like a replacement for for silly Pete or crazy Pete on the helmets. But uh, I don't I don't mind it too much. Psychotic Pete. Um, <laughs> yeah. So so congrats to the cowgirls. They finished. What is that? Thirty. 38 and 25 on the year. Florida was 53 and seven, which is, <laughs> yeah. is ludicrous. Um, Softball I, to me kind of also, Kyle, real quick, is, is it's kind of like um, hockey. If you get a hot goalie, like if you have a hot pitcher, yeah. like you're going to the World Series. Like yeah. it, it, that sport is very reliant on your one stud pitcher because you can pitch them every game. It's not like baseball where they sit out every five games. Right. So, I mean, I think once Gajewski gets a true ace, like a, a national level ace, that's the biggest difference between Florida and Alabama and Oklahoma. They always have a, a top shelf ace. So. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, one more note on the cowgirl uniforms. The sock game is, is strong. It's excellent. They, they, they they wear the or they in the past have worn some of the same socks that uh, OSU wore for. Uh, do you remember homecoming? Was oh it yeah, oh yeah. Last year or, or maybe each of the last couple of years where they wore the like orange and black stripes uh, on the socks. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of that. I like that a lot. Southwell approves of those. Justin Southwell loves those socks yeah, more than life itself. <laughs> oh, um, speaking of football. Uh, Kyle Cox wrote, um, a, a really good two part series about the top return men in Oklahoma state history. Um, mm. I want to give you like the top three or five and just see if you agree with them. This is just on who we think was the best at it. Correct. Or who had the best 
numbers. His his definition was um, the criteria is not just overall production. It's more of a who would you rather have at the five-yard line on a cold night in Norman type question. Oh, my. Mm. So his number one – well, actually, I'll just go five. I'll go five to one. Can I, can I guess the five? Yeah. Uh, Dez. Uh, he's number three. No, no, no. He's number – no, he's not in the top five. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to have to hear this list then. Parrish Cox? <laughs> he was number one. Wow. R.W. McCorders? He was number four. Uh, what he, is he the kid's... Him, he called him a renaissance man, which I liked. What was the kid's name? He, he was when you and I were in school. Tiny little guy, but... Oh, Darren Williams got to be on the list. No. Well, Kyle Cox showing his age there. <laughs> Kyle I mean, Cox is our age. Is he? Yeah. His memory is not very good. I mean, Darren <laughs> Williams did that at the NFL level and was awesome at it. And I mean, Darren Williams might be among the leaders on stat wise on all those lists. But anyway, um, I'm thinking of Macklemore is his name. Uh, oh, he was. I played five football against him. Well, I, I don't know if you would call it playing against him. He was a freak. Yeah, he was like five seven, but. <laughs> Returned everything like 30 yards, if not to the house. Yeah, he was. He was. Is awesome. he not on the list? No. I got to think more recent. Is he? Did he put Blackman in there? His fair catches? No, no. Okay. I mean, it was. He said on, on the five yard line. Yeah, you might yeah. want a fair catch. It was, <laughs> <laughs> it was at least partially based in like you got to have some stats to be on the list. Okay. Uh, this is all time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah all time. And so you Barry, need to Barry think. Sanders? Yeah, he's number three. Yeah. Um, let's see here. I got our dub. So I mean, I'm, I'm missing one. Uh, you're missing two. This is, this is hard because like it, it's, it's, you got to think punt and kick and they were, they were very different and different guys excelled at both. That's kind of a hint. Punt and kick. Punt and kick returns. Yeah. Um, I, I don't I'm gonna say Grant Jones, but I know that's not right. I just remember that one kick return he had. <laughs> Grant Jones. Number two is Justin Gilbert. Oh, how could I forget Gilbert? Oh, that's terrible. Incredibly embarrassing. Three I mean, he's like he's he might be number one in my in my book. Three was Sanders, four was RW, and five I I don't think I agree with this, but it's it's hard because he had such an iconic moment is uh Tyreek Hill. See the body of work there. Yeah, it's not good. I mean, he did have the, the big touchdown against Iowa State. He did win the game against Kansas. He had – who are we kidding? Like, Tyreek probably should be in the top five. There's there's no doubt about it. And I know his, he wasn't there that long and didn't have as many, but he had some very meaningful ones. Obviously, the Bedlam one is just near the top. Number six is Dez. Uh, number seven is uh, <laughs> Larry Elliott. He played in the 1960s. Uh, what? Yeah, I don't. I've never heard of him. Terrence Richardson, Darrant was number nine, and Josh Stewart was number ten. See, uh, Darrant Williams, not not a lot of numbers. He had twenty two punt returns for four hundred and eighty yards and three touchdowns. I mean, three touchdowns and twenty two returns. Yeah, I mean, that's that's that's, that's yeah, that's, that's got to be up there with Tyreek, I would think, or he even only, maybe even less opportunities. He only had four kick returns for eighty yards, no touchdowns. Okay. Who was the guy you said before, Darren, uh, on that list? Terrence Richardson. That's a guy from yesteryear. He was one of my original uh, favorite players yeah. back in the day. Yeah. 
he was awesome. He didn't play on very good teams because that's that's probably why he's not remembered the most. But he was he was really good at those two. That's a that's a solid list. I would have Darren higher just on my memory, uh, but it, that's a good list. Just missed was uh, Gabe Lindsay, who played for seventeen years. Um, <laughs> That's one of your like original blog jokes. I think that was the first blog you told, or first first joke you told on the blog was a Gabe Lindsay joke. Yeah, it probably was. Uh, Bob Finnamore, Jamal Fobbs, and Chris Massey. It's wow, good, it's a good list. I mean, I, I thought he did a yeah. good job with it. Jamal Fobbs was awesome. He got he had to play behind Nathan Simmons. <laughs> but uh, who would you take? Like, who would you? Who would your top five be? Oh, I don't know. I mean, it, it's hard because, again, like if it's kick returns, I'm going Justin Gilbert number one. But if it's punt returns, honestly, like just one, uh, one play, like you got, it, it has to go to the house. I'm, I might go with Prentice Elliott. Whoa. Yeah. I think, I think one. If I had one punt return to win the game. This might surprise some people, but I'm going Dez. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's not really his forte, but like Dez has that just innate ability to make something happen. I, I just, I keep thinking about that Houston return that he had, you know, he, he didn't return a lot of kicks or punts, but man, when he got his chance, boom, touchdown, boom. Like, <laughs> like I just, I just, <laughs> and obviously <laughs> if I had, if my, you know, if I had something seriously on the line, I'd probably pick Tyreek because all he needs is a slight. He doesn't need a lot of blocking. He just needs a slight crease. And he's going to outrun everybody. So I'm, I might pick Tyreek actually, but, but I, I do think Dez is underrated in this, this aspect. Yeah. I see Dez as kind of like a better, well, obviously a better blackman. Like he just seems to, he, he doesn't seem like, uh, like the fat, he doesn't have enough fast twitch for me. How dare you? <laughs> I'm I'm looking I'm gonna look up the punt return right now and I'm I'm gonna look at these wheels that, that no, Dez it was, has. It was huge. You, you don't you don't you don't think of him that way, but he's not a he's not a normal human being. <laughs> like guys his size are not supposed to move that way, but they do. He just doesn't get the chances to do it. I'm gonna pull this up. This By the is, way, we're we're eschewing uh Barry Sanders. We're just we're just discarding him. He had, uh, oh yeah, like Barry should be number one on all of our lists. He had six <laughs> six touchdowns in seventy six attempts, punt and kick. What was it? Six in seventy six, so one out of every what is that? Twelve. Wow, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it's impressive. Um, I don't see the. Uh, I'm not seeing the punt return against Houston on here on the YouTube's. But yeah, that was a that was a really fun. Um, fun blog post by by Kyle Cox. Good stuff. Yeah, that's that's something I hadn't really thought of as far as ranking the uh, the all timers on returns. That's not something I can't believe I didn't off the top of my head didn't think of Justin Gilbert. That was pretty bad. That's yeah, not not good. Not good. That's hard to do off the top of your head. You know, if I had like a list of like numbers. <laughs> um. Okay. What else is going on? Big Twelve baseball tournament. Are you into the Big Twelve baseball tournament? Yeah, I mean, I I follow it. Obviously, I cover it. Um, OSU's got to keep winning, I guess, to to keep their season alive. Yeah, as we're taping this, they are they're up three zero in the sixth inning, I think, against the number one team in the Big Twelve, Texas Tech. So, um, 
I mean, they barely got in. You know, they had to beat OU twice just to get in. And now, I mean, it would be kind of a kind of an all time run at it if they were able to to even get to the finals or or possibly win it. So uh, they're playing with house money, and I think that uh, that obviously works to your advantage when you get to this time of the season. Yeah, and I think we all can agree it's been a disappointing season based on you know going off of Omaha last year. You know they. Kyle, they kind of lost some momentum here with just the program in general. I know they've had injuries. I know that I, I understand all that, but they've also had guys not quite perform up to the standard that you thought they would. And man, they had so much momentum going to Omaha, you know, that the stadium's trying to get built and this, this, I'm not saying this is going to derail those plans, but it definitely doesn't help as far as just getting stuff done. But I, I trust Josh holiday to, uh, Right the ship, and you know you make you make you make Omaha like you have some leeway for me as far as you know having a disappointing season. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It it, it was I didn't realize this, but Hayden, one of our other writers, Hayden Barber, pointed this out. Their worst season in forty years. Whoa, nineteen seventy seven was the last time they had a they had a losing record, and this year they were twenty six and twenty five. Wow! So the year that they didn't make the Big Twelve tournament under Frank Anderson, they had a better record. Yeah, they were like thirty two or thirty one and twenty seven. I mean, it was close, but it yeah yeah it was. Better. But I think I think Frank even made the they made the NCAA tournament that year despite missing the Big Twelve tournament. Did they? Just kind of just kind of funny. Yeah, that's what I read. Huh. Okay, Des had him some. Des had him some blockers on this return. Yes, he had a he had some he had some help, but I don't care. He's on my top five. <laughs> uh, another thing that we should probably talk about. I think you tweeted about this. Oklahoma State regular season win total over under. Did you see What's what? That? Did you see? Oh, what? the the over under in football. Okay, yeah, I, yeah. I thought we were talking baseball. Um, switch, yeah, yeah, I'm switching up on you. Uh, free money, Kyle. Uh, mm. Let's go to Vegas. I mean, nine for OSU is. To me, I think the worst case scenario, just looking at their schedule, I mean, that you they have to lose four games for you to lose money. They have to only win eight. You know, if they go nine, you push. That would be three losses. And I think three losses is about the worst case. Let's say they lose at Pitt, at West Virginia, and OU at home. Those are to me the three most three toughest games on their schedule. And I, I can see them winning two of those three. What about at so, Texas? I mean, that's never easy, despite who the coach is. And Tom Herman's a little like I, I would always bet the Texas under because their number is always too high. But Tom Herman scares me a little from that. So that that's obviously losable. I, I don't think any game's like a lock based on, you know, OSU's offense is incredible. But I still we still have to see it from their defense. So I'm not I'm not here saying they're going to run the table, put all your mortgage on the, the nine wins. But uh, I do think that number's low. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 I guess I agree. I don't know what you would set it at though. Like, I, I guess nine and a half would be nine and a half would, would be, be perfect. The, yeah, would be the right number. Um, they're always, but they're Kyle. They're always low on OSU's win total. I remember the year, I think it was 2010, the first year of Weed and Blackman. Uh, the win total was at like six and a half. Yeah, and and everyone here locally was like, huh? Yeah, like like they're gonna. Like no one expected OSU to be as good as they ended up being, but like six and a half, like all they had to do was have a pulse and they were going to win seven games. <laughs> and then they beat, they beat Tulsa. I remember they were only like a six point favorite over Tulsa that year. And they beat, they were up by, they were up by like 50 points at halftime against Tulsa. Yeah. 
So it's just Vegas is always a little, despite all the winning Mike Gundy's done, they're still always a little low when it comes to OSU. And I think they're a little low here. I think it's interesting because I think whatever that total is, it does kind of make you stop and think like, well, I, I don't know. Like you don't know how the seat, like you think you know how it's going to play out, but um, it does, it does give you pause for like, well, maybe, you know, defense might not be that good. And, you know, somebody, well, and obvious, obviously if, if you have injuries, all bets are off. Yeah. You can't, you can't factor that in. Like, that's just, that's why you don't bet your mortgage despite how strongly you feel about it, you know, because, yeah. you know, people can get hurt. Yeah, totally. Um, okay. We've got some, well, oh, hang on real quick. Hang on real quick. Uh, we, we talked about this on our crash in the boards on channel five and we were asked to give the one we thought was the biggest lock. Ke- Brian Keating went with Texas techs at like seven, I think. And we went through their schedule. Like there's no way they're winning seven or more games. But mine was Alabama. So he went under seven? Yeah. And it's pretty – I think that might be the safest bet on the board. If you go through their schedule, Kyle, they don't, they they won five games with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. Yeah. Five games. That's not good. And they don't have him, and we know their defense hasn't gotten any better. So. Oh, uh, do you but, – but, but, Sorry, go ahead. Well, I was going to ask if you think uh, – Cliff Kingsbury is going to be running five wide or four wide in 2018 when he's the offensive coordinator in Stillwater. Oh my! Mike so Yersich gets the gets Yersich. the South Alabama job. <laughs> South Alabama. If he's turning down Auburn and Alabama or whatever, no, 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 no. the head the head head coaching job. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. Well, I mean, I'd rather be the offensive coordinator at Auburn than the head coach at South Alabama. I'm just but. I'm just throwing it out there. Cliff, I would take Cliff well, could, could Mike Gundy could Mike Gundy handle so much swagger being around him? Being, you know, I mean, Cliff is basically a young Gundy I when think, it comes to I swagger. Think, I was going to say, I think they are, um, I think they're peas in a pod. I think they would get along great. Like, like Dana Holgerson and Mike Gundy didn't, they did not, I, I don't think they didn't get along, but they're not similar humans. Um, I think that, <laughs> I think that Kingsbury is like Gundy and that he's, you know, there's a lot of swag there, but there's also a lot of hard work behind it. And I think Gundy's a lot the same way. Yeah. And a lot of, a lot of offensive smarts, like, look, Cliff's not really working out at tech, but the guy knows offense and the guy obviously knows quarterbacks. My goodness. In the same, he had Davis Webb, Baker Mayfield and Patrick Mahomes on the same, I guess, I guess once Baker left, he replaced him with Patrick Mahomes, the top 10 pick. So the guy obviously knows quarterbacks just get get chad weiberg to make a call i'm just throwing it out there okay all right well my my other point was my my pick was uh alabama and you you look at the number you go 10 and a half oh my god well i looked it up kyle they haven't lost two regular season games which they would have to do in order to not get 10 and a half they have not lost twice during the regular season since 2010 (laughs) they've won at least 11 in the regular season since 2010 that's that's ludicrous. Insane. Now, they do play Florida State in the first game of the year this year, yeah, which, I mean, will be, which will be one versus two, I would think. Mm, how and how if excited you lo- are you for that? I, I'm, I'm not mentally prepared for that at all. <laughs> but, you know, if Bama loses that one, well, then you're kind of behind the eight ball. You know, they got to go through the SEC. But I, I still think that's a really safe, safe option as well. So you're basically – you personally are just wagering on, on God, they're going to be so good. I just remember they've got, what's their quarterback's name? Jalen Hurts. He's a sophomore. 
Yeah, he's just a, he's a true sophomore. And their their backups always seem to be better than the. <laughs> once they get their shot, they're like better. Like every running back they've had's gotten better and yeah. better and better and better. But you're <laughs> you're battered. You're basically just betting on one game. You're just saying, okay, I think Alabama is going to beat Florida State, and therefore that leads to eleven wins. Yeah, because like they're not they're not losing twice. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Um, okay, we got some poll questions uh, that we or not poll questions. We got some mailbag questions that we need to get to, but. Uh, before we do that, let's hear one more time from our sponsor, Chris's University Spirit. Chris's University Spirit on Campus Corner in Stillwater, Oklahoma, is proud to be your one-stop cowboy shop since 1986 and proud sponsor of this podcast, Pistols Firing. They specialize in custom-printed Oklahoma State apparel and merchandise and pride themselves on their excellent customer service. They also offer a full line of custom Greek apparel and can even outfit your Little League team head-to-toe. They're located at the corner of 3rd and Knobloch on Historic Campus Corner. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Shop stilly. Shop Chris's University Spirit. Okay, Carson, we're back to finish up. For, before we get to the mailbag, um, my poll question from Tuesday was, will James Washington catch uh, Rashawn Woods? He's he needs fifteen hundred. He needs like fourteen ninety, fourteen hundred and ninety yards to catch him. And forty seven percent of people said no. Forty three percent of people said yes. Fifty seven percent said no. Your thoughts? Fifty seven percent said no. Hmm. Well, last year he had fourteen oh eight. Or wait, that was from scrimmage. He had thirteen eighty last year. That's. That I would have to say no to, and it's not because I don't think he's good enough. I think it's just they're going to have so many options at receiver. Yeah. Like that, the, I, I think you and I have touched on it, but Tyron Johnson, I think, will be a big factor. You know, Odell Beckham Rice, as we call him, <laughs> he's going to be a factor. I mean, we, we've, we've gone over and over and over again, just the option, like they're legitimately six, seven, eight deep at receiver. And I just think. Washington will get his. I expect a very similar year to last year, like 1,300 yards, 10 touchdowns, maybe more touchdowns. But I just have a hard time seeing him getting over that just just based on the options Mason's going to have and, and the improved running game. Their running game, I think, is getting better and better. So, yeah, I'll go. I would say no, too. I think no. I think it's interesting because you're going to potentially have more games than you did last year if you make it to the Big 12 title if you can figure out how to get in the playoff or whatever um well that that definitely would obviously I wouldn't factor in that and that that obviously would help yeah but I I I would I just think the the safer bet there is uh is no are you mentally prepared for bedlam at Jerry World the Um, atmosphere that that will be no no I'm not like especially if it's like uh, OSU's already won the regular season matchup, they got to go down to Dallas to play Bob again. I mean, we know like, how, we know how that ends, right? Like twelve, the, like twelve and zero. OSU's twelve and zero, and they got to beat OU again. And you know they they're lining up for a field goal to to, to win it. OSU is. <laughs> <laughs> you ready for that? <laughs> no, no, I'm All right, not. Let's let's move on. Um, <laughs> Okay, let's get to some uh, some mailbag questions that we got. Actually, let's the, the first one, and I thought this was pretty interesting from uh, our buddy Nolan. He said, 
Let me pull it up. What are the uh, what are the odds we're all overhyping football season and Gundy's mullet is <laughs> just the first step in going full Chris Gaines and growing a soul patch before failing miserably and disappearing forever? <laughs> Whoa. That uh, is a theory I had not heard yet. Uh, <laughs> him going full Garth and just going off the deep end and disappearing. I mean, maybe that's his way of getting out from under Mike Holder. Maybe mm. maybe Nolan's on to something here, but I would disagree. I think the mullet, I think, is even more cause to believe that, that Gundy is full riverboat gambler. He's all in. He knows that his team is going to be awesome. Like you and I have talked about it before. Like the looser he is, the better this team's going to be. And he's never been more loose and relaxed. So I'm going to go with the opposite. I don't. I don't think he will be going a wall after growing a soul patch. I like the theory. It's 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 going to be pretty easy to float out there after they lose to Tulsa and Pitt in the first three games. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I mean, if that happens, you know, he might go back into 2014 mode if that happens. Oh yeah, there yeah we yeah. He'd be in, He'll be so grumpy. He'd be in full, like, get off my lawn. I, I looked over that Tulsa game. That will not be easy. No. Like, Philip Montgomery knows what he's doing. Yeah. So that'll be a tough game. Yeah, totally. Um, okay, Colin Johnston has a great question that I think we should turn into, like, a series of blog posts. But by how many touchdowns would t- the 2011 team beat the 1988 team? Oh. Oh, man. So he's not even like giving the 1988 team a chance, despite having the greatest football player of all time on it. Is that what, is that what he's saying? I mean, people don't understand. Like I, I did a story on the 88 team a few years ago. Uh, what was I doing? I was doing a story somewhat. I, I basically was just looking up the numbers. Oh, I, I was doing my, my uniform countdown with like the, how many days left yeah. till college football. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I, I got, I got to Hartley and Gundy Yeah. and just, I was going over the numbers nationally where they were at. Like, not only were they, like, number one and everything, it was, like, numbers that, like, hadn't been done before in that era. Like, it was just a total, like, in that era, you're not supposed to put up the numbers they were doing. Like, it would be, like, a team this day and age scoring, like, 70 every game yeah. and putting up it's 600 like, yards every game. It's like 2008 game. OU. Right. So, I'm not going to sit here and just guarantee a win for 2011, but I will say the 2011 defense was a lot better. So I think that's where the edge comes through. Cause like you and I have gone over it a million times with the 2011 defense. They, they gave up a lot of garbage time points, yards, et cetera. If you go by per, per, points per possession and compare the 88 to 2011 teams on defense, it won't be close. I don't think so. I'll go with, I think 2011 wins, but I don't, I think Barry Sanders gets his, believe me. I think it would be fascinating to come up with a Gundy era all-star team against a non-Gundy era all-star team for Gundy's playing against himself. Well, Gundy's coaching <laughs> against himself. Um, right. Yeah. And, and just to see what that would look like. I mean, it would take, these are, I'm, this is just like a series of summer blog posts, but for sure. Yeah. Um, just like combine the seventies, eighties, nineties, you can even have like Rashawn and Josh Fields in the early two thousands and then, and then throw them up, uh, up against like the Whedon Blackman Des. I mean, the Gundy era team would would this would crush like a non like even though it's like ninety years worth of non Gundy era, wouldn't it? Uh, I, I would know, think I, I would think, crush, but I don't but I don't like, know about crush because I I do like I wasn't around in eight like I was four years old in eighty eight, so I didn't get to watch them. But 
based on things my dad tells me, their defense was horrendous. Now, that team, <laughs> yes, but you also had non-Gundy era, Kyle. You have Kevin Williams, Jamal Williams, and you, you, go, you can go down the – there was Leslie O'Neal. Like, Nathan Simmons? I, no. I mean, you can go up and down the list of NFL – Virtual Hall. I mean, Leslie O'Neill's probably an NFL Hall of Famer. Bob, I mean, you got Bob Finn. You got the blonde bomber. You got the blonde bomber. That that nineteen. What was the the national champions? Yeah, 45, 44. You got the you got the yeah. You got the national champions running around too. Don't don't count them out. We so. want Army. But no, that's a that's a good blog post. I'm not I'm not willing to concede anything yet. I'd have to see the numbers and because I do think there we people forget about some non Gundy era like defensive players that would that would limit some of the Gundy era players on offense. Walt Garrison. Yeah. I mean, he'd, he'd hog tie somebody. <laughs> he'd run them over and then hog time. Uh, that's Walt that's, Garrison was tougher than a $2 steak. That's uh, you, you don't want to part of him. <laughs> so maybe I'm, maybe I'm showing my age here and I'm, I'm almost leaning towards the, the non-Gundy era. We'd have to. I'd have to see it written out in full, though. I love it. Um, okay, Adam Want wants to know: Would you rather? Li- would you personally rather live in a world with no WWE gifts, or one with Iowa winning national football football national championships? Uh, I would rather live in a world where I kept my gifts and <laughs> Iowa was winning football championships. Like, if Iowa was winning football championships, they deserve it. <laughs> my biggest problem with them is. They get they get thrust into the national conversation when they can barely complete a forward pass. So in the Big Ten, much the same, you know, other than Ohio State and Michigan. So yeah. the the WWE gifts, like I, I I grew up when The Rock was 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 rolling. So I watched back then. But I love the WWE gifts just because they're so great. Like yeah. the, they they have the best reaction gifts, and yeah. I think everyone everyone tweets them. So I think everyone kind of agrees with me. So I know I know Lunt gets tired of them, but. I'll keep my gifts, thank you, and let Iowa try and earn it. Um, this is from Billy Locke. This is a good question. What did Whedon do better than Rudolph, and what does Rudolph do better than Whedon? Um, I think that's pretty clear. I think Rudolph limits interceptions. Yeah. I think at times Whedon could stare down Blackman, and rightfully so. He was open every single time. I think, I think Rudolph does a better job of going through progressions, but I, I think – I think Whedon obviously threw the the deep ball better, and I, well, that's that's pretty close. Mm, I don't deep know. Ball pretty yeah. I would say Whedon's way better on the short intermediate throws. That's probably Mason's biggest weakness. And I don't know about you, Kyle, but just I'll, I'll put it this way: if I got two minutes left and I want to go score, I'm taking. I might be taking Whedon. Yeah, I am taking. I am taking Whedon. Yeah, me too. I, I think now that's no slide on Mason. I think <laughs> Mason's right there, but uh, I think. More than anything, I think Mason limits turnovers less or limits them better. But I think I think Whedon had much better arm talent. Mason comes limits to, turnover. Uh, we, I mean, yeah, Whedon threw like ninety nine in high school. Like I, I, I think that's certainly right. I, I think it's interesting because you're right about the the short to intermediate throws, but also like when when Whedon was on like the thirteen yard line and they needed a score. I always felt really confident that he could hit somebody over the middle or he could throw basically a perfect fade. Now he had Justin Blackman going to get it, which is 
you know, that counts for something. Not fair. It might be the greatest college receiver I've ever seen. But sometimes I don't know how good Rudolph is inside the the 15 to 20 yards line, you know? Well, I mean, there's a reason they kind of, now you can blame it on the running game, but there is a reason they had the Walsh package. Yeah. It helped their red zone offense. And you're right. The Mason doesn't throw the fade as well. Remember that he got intercepted on one against uh, central Michigan. It was just a terrible throw. And the, I know we can give Blackman all the credit on the fade, but that was like a layup for Wheaton. That was like free throws. Yeah. He could put it right on the money every single time. It was like, it was like stealing, as Wheaton used to say. So yeah, God, but I, was, I would. He was, so uh, he was he was awesome, and um, it's you know you're picking nits at this point, but yeah. that's what I would go with. Um, you guys, this is from Matt Belling, Bellinger, Bellinger, uh, New York Cowboy. Um, you all seem apprehensive about our running backs behind justice. There was a lot of hype when all of them came in. What gives you pause now? Just expectations? I mean, I can barely name all the running backs behind justice Hill at this point. I mean, you got the, you got all the young, all the young guys, right? You got Cheba Hubbard, JD King, um, LD, uh, what's it? LD, LD Brown. Brown. Yeah. LD Brown. Um, I will never get LD and JD together. I will will use them both. Jeff Carr, who's not a young guy. Um, I can't, I'm missing somebody, but I can't remember it. I I would say it's more of us having never seen any of them play football than it is. Yeah. Uh, us us being apprehensive. We just kind of, kind of see what they have to offer. We don't even know who will be playing at running back next year. We assume Jeff Carr and justice Hill, but we don't know anything about anybody else. So I don't, I don't, I think all those guys have talent, but again, I, 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 I'm less big on recruiting as I am production, especially in the Gundy era. Like stars don't mean anything under him. So we'll have to see who produces. Uh, Okay. Last one. And this is from our buddy, Matt Quaid. He said, who is the, (laughs) who is the OSU sports equivalent to LeVar Ball? Oh man. It's got to be. Um, uh, who, who, didn't they have to like cut somebody off from talking on the basketball team at one point? Was it was it Gottlieb? Did they have to like? Well, Gottlieb's dad was a little overbearing at times. I mean, Gottlieb used to tell the famous story that, uh, you know, he he shot like a wide open three in practice, and and Eddie stopped practice, called everyone over, and goes, Doug. There's two people on this planet who think you can make that shot. You and your dad. Get out of here. And made him go run the steps at Gallagher Iva. So I think I think uh, Bob Gottlieb, Doug's dad, uh, rest in peace. He passed away in the last couple of years or so. But he, I think he, you know, he was a legendary coach himself. So I think he, he and Eddie probably butted heads a few times. But the answer I was going to go with. Oh, I had it, and I just lost it talking about uh, Gottlieb's dad. Um, oh, 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 oh! My my answer is, and I have no evidence of this at all, but it's all based on rumor and hearsay. I would go with Alex Kate's dad. <laughs> there were rumors that he was like uber wealthy, and that's why, like, that's part of the reason why that he got to st- he had the spot over Whedon. Obviously, Whedon didn't really fit the Zach Robinson offense. We've been over that at nauseum. But uh, I would, there were there were rumors about Alex Kate's dad being some very influential person. Now that that could be totally wrong. I have no way of backing that up. This is all rumor and hearsay, so don't take it too serious. But that would be my answer. How crazy is Lonzo Ball? 
Lavar or Alonzo? Or uh, Lavar, yeah. He, he, he's a crazy person, and I think he's just, he's pulling the Skip Bayless in that the more crazy things he says, the more attention he gets. So it's just it, I'm, I'm so, so on it. I'm so tired of it. Like I I don't even I don't even really. It's like the well I shouldn't say that. Um, I I don't even like he, he, it. It just is like annoying because it, it's a super fun. I get I get into the NBA draft a lot. And mm-hmm. it should be like a really fun, exciting thing to talk about. And it's always like he's just like this shadow that's like looming over the NBA draft. And it's like, get out of here. Like, go sell your $700 flip flops somewhere else. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't need them on my on my Twitter feed. Well, I've, I've gotten to the point where I, I might just mute the phrase LeVar Ball on my Twitter. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm that close. I just I don't even want to see it. I don't I don't retweet it. I don't talk about it. I, I want it to go away. And what's funny is. I don't even know what Lonzo Ball sounds like. I've never heard yeah. him speak. Never, I have no he never clue says what he a word. Like. He never, never says <laughs> a word. Gundy style. Maybe that's a good thing. But uh, no, I'm sick of him. Um, did you see Marcus Smart the other night? Cavs Celtics. Yeah, I, I caught the end of it. I guess he lit it up from three, which is shocking. And he also played really well last night. I think you're seeing that you know with with Isaiah Thomas out that. You know, Marcus can Marcus can lead the way. Like he's a he's a really good player. Now he's obviously yeah. limited offensively. He went one for nine streaky. last night. Did he? Yeah. Oh well. And and that's the thing. Like he's not a good offensive player. That's not what he does. Like he is a bulldog on defense, and he's just a like you and I agreed on this when he was at OSU. He's just a, he's just a winning player. He not he's not that skilled offensively. He doesn't do one thing great other than probably defense. But you just get the sense that the Celtics would never trade him in a million years. They love him because he's a winning basketball player. Brad Stevens, I think, loves him, the guy to death. I think they would trade Isaiah Thomas before they traded Marcus Smart. Wow. I mean, probably more value. But I I just, like, I wish that he would, and, and this was one of my issues with him at Oklahoma State. Like, obviously, well, all you, everything you said is true. Like, he's a winner. Uh, he does so many little things like on defense and, and even offensively, like he, I think he's an underrated passer and all this different stuff, but like, he, I feel like sometimes he tries to be like Kyrie or John wall. And it's like, you're not a, you're not a scorer. Like you can't, you are a, a basketball player that can score, but you don't need to be like, I think he was like one for six from three last night. And this is what you saw repeatedly. Like he'd hit three in a row and then he'd go one for his next like 28 from three at Oklahoma state. And, um, I don't know, like just, you got to stay in your lane, you know? Yeah. But the NBA has moved to threes and layups. And if you're open in the NBA, like you have to take them. So he did shoot like 28% from three this year, which is awful. That's, that's down there with like Andre Robertson, but yeah, but at the same time, like if you're not shooting threes, like you can't be out on the floor. And I think his form is nice. It's weird how bad of a shooter he is. His form isn't isn't terrible. I've seen way worse. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it was good to see him play well, though. And I think he's kind of proven that he he's a he's a very uh, viable player and a, and a winning player in the league. Yeah. Yeah, I agree totally. Now I can I can do it without the flopping though. Yeah. Just just yeah. Don't do it. It's not that hard. Um. Okay. Like if, I, I joked on Twitter when I was watching the Rockets and Thunder, like if Harden and Smart ran into each other, would they just spontaneously <laughs> combust? Would they just dissolve into thin air? Like they would flop so hard they would just disappear? Smarts are just like, they're so ludicrous. Like it's not even, 
they're not even remotely like close to reality. <laughs> yeah. They, like, he like draws so much attention to himself. Refs are like, no, yeah. I'm not calling that. Yeah. <laughs> Big 12 refs did for two years, though. So uh, That's true. Um, okay. I think we covered everything. Uh, we've got, hopefully, a really fun guest here in the next week or a couple weeks or month. We don't really know when. But yeah, we're not, not on a timetable, but I think people will be really uh, excited and surprised, I think, if yeah. we're able to uh, get this person on. So we're, we're looking forward to that. It's going to be a fun summer. I'm going to try and get down there with you before uh, our round at Karsten so we can we can play and we can get our yeah strategize get our get our tour sauce ready for karsten <laughs> and uh spray it all over Stillwater when we get up there oh that's great i love it we will uh talk to you later on karsten sounds good bud great see you.